0: Hey, gents, welcome back to Apex Masculinity. You're in the right place. I'm your host, Nick Chantos. Guys, today I want to talk about overcoming obstacles and the mindset that one needs to have to overcome the challenges and the obstacles that come our way in life. Because they come, and they come every day. Little fires that we got to put out in life every single day in order to stay on the trajectory of becoming the most elite, successful version of ourselves and not allowing ourselves to be bogged down and weighted down by the trials and the tribulations of life to the point where we say, Why bother? Why even try? Listen, every person on the planet has. Obstacles that come along the journey. Listen, success isn't free or easy. If it was, then everybody would be successful. Everybody would be an apex man. But you and I both know that most men are not. So, what sets you apart? What sets myself apart? The fact that when obstacles and challenges come, we have a mindset that says, These are not the universe or God telling me no, but in fact, these obstacles and these challenges are things that I must overcome to prove that I'm worthy and worth the success that lies on the other side. I want to share a story with you because I think it has more to do with perspective than it does anything else. Oftentimes, your worst failures in life are really the catalyst for your greatest blessings. Years ago, my wife and I were living in South Texas. I had moved my family away from my wife's hometown for the first time. It was a big deal for her. It was a big deal for her family moved them to south texas so i could take an oil field job hauling production fluids during that boom back in 2013. had a great place to live a little bit of land wide open spaces Um, my wife was a stay-at-home mom at that point educating our older kids and man it was just a wonderful time a time where um we were getting away from everybody that we knew and kind of making our own way so to speak kind of a self discovery type of time and we had put a year in down there and a passion that i had for myself for many years was that one day i would be able to be a pastor basically to preach the gospel preach the word of god and Kind of reach not only men, but people that were from the same that cut from the same cloth as I did. people that grew up in toxic homes, people that grew up in homes where there was maybe some traumatic experiences, some you know physical or emotional or mental abuse that had taken place and and had developed a a a, a slew of negative neural pathways in the mind that reinforced the idea that that this is who they'll always be. That they'll never be successful. They'll never be positive, affirming, value-adding members of the communities in which they live. And I wanted to reach people like that, people that were struggling with addictions to drugs and alcohol and pornography and different things like that because in my heart, I know that the Main reason that people do those things isn't because they're wicked, sinful people. It's because they're hurting inside deeply in ways they cannot even imagine. Ways they can't many times even express or quantify or understand. And I wanted to be able to connect the dots for people on why their childhood led them to where they are in their adulthood and share with them the love of God and that they were okay. And it was, and it was time to just be okay with yourself, to love yourself, to be okay in your own skin and to understand that God loves you as you are, but he loves you so much to not leave you where you are, but to take you to where he knows you can be. And I moved my family from South Texas back to Colorado to take the pastor position of a very, very small church in Olathe, Colorado. And it was it was work. The church was, as I said, a very small church. They weren't able to afford a full time pastor's salary so i had to work a full-time job in the secular field which i was totally okay to do with i'm i actually kind of prefer that it keeps me busy by day and kind of keeps me in a harvest field so to speak where i can you know meet other people and interact with other people and give opportunity to encourage other people you know out in the workforce and out in the world and brush shoulders with people so to speak and, and give my mind and my physical body something to do to keep me in shape and whatnot. And uh, it was good. It was a good season. After six months, I began to get checked in my spirit, though, that that's not where God wanted us to be, my wife and family and I. And to be quite honest, um, there were probably some signs and clues and red flags before I ever even took the opportunity to go up there and do that but i was on a mission i wanted to do this i wanted the opportunity to prove to myself that i could officiate in this role and so we went and i left that good job in the oil fields in south texas and moved my family up to colorado and we began the work and uh it was fun we had a great time but and anyway i began to get checked in my spirit that we weren't supposed to be there. And at the time, I didn't know why. Six months turned into eight. Eight months turned into nine. And finally, I told my wife, I said, love, I can't explain it. I'm sorry that we even ever even got started with it. But I'm getting checked in my spirit that we're not supposed to be here. And I think we should go back to South Texas and we made the move and it was tough you know you make commitments and you you aspire for great things and you stretch yourself beyond your means so to speak and aspire to you know do a certain thing and it doesn't work out the way you want or the plans that you create and have don't pan out the way you want and it can be a punch in the gut but You can only run into a wall so much before you start to realize you know what there is a power at work beyond me that is steering my life in a certain direction and I need to honor that, even though I don't understand it. We are sensitive to what's going on in the ether around us and if we'll just submit to that. And go along with that the blessings come so we moved back to south texas and right when we moved there the oil field took a steep dive one of those oil field recession times as they say and to be quite honest i couldn't even find a job in the oil and gas industry at that time so i ended up getting a job driving a belly dump hauling granite around san antonio the wages weren't good and my wife and i were living in an rv a very small rv with our 3 kids and i was being flooded with the realization that man i had i had made a lot of bad choices over the last several years and wasn't slowing down to allow god or the universe, wherever you're at, I know where I'm at, kind of speak to me and kind of direct my life in a way that was going to have flow with it, as opposed to having my own will and my own plans and kind of upsetting the flow of what that divine providence wanted for my life. And after a couple months of being back down in South Texas, for those of you that haven't heard the podcast before, I share in an earlier episode that years and years ago, probably 25 years ago, because of sharing needles from my methamphetamine addiction, I had picked up hepatitis C. And I had had this hepatitis C for about 20 years. And I knew of it Uh, before I married my wife. I did a panel and For guys that have lived a lifestyle like mine, it's not a bad idea to do to get a blood panel, you know, before you tie your life up with someone else, just so that you're doing things honorably. And, uh, you know, this was good, that was good, this was good, and the nurse called me in and she's like, you know, your HIV test is good, you know, all these STD tests are good, you know, and I had lived a pretty wicked life, guys, before You know, I had my wake up moment when I was in prison and got my act together. And, and I thought, you know what, this would be a, this would kind of be a good idea before I got married to do this. And uh, she said, but your hep C test came back positive. And I'm like, okay, all right, we can deal with that. And every time I tried to make phone calls and find out, you know, what kind of treatment costs would be, it was always like in the. You know, lower hundred thousand, like from anywhere from like ninety thousand to one hundred and thirty thousand dollars is what the cost was to get Hep C treatment. So I always just kind of put it on the back burner, something that where I was like, you know what, I can't afford that right now. I don't have insurance, you know, and as I'm, I just need to live clean and hopefully at some point I'll be able to deal with this. But when we left Colorado to move back to South Texas, I was broken, man. I wanted that church to work. I wanted things to go well. I had big plans, big aspirations. And when things didn't work out, I was kind of crushed. You know, these big plans that I had were crushed. And I jumped in that belly dump and tried to get the best attitude I could and hauled that granite gravel around San Antonio for 15 bucks an hour. And you know, if it rained, we didn't work. And if it was sunny, we did. And it rained a lot that year, you know, and you could kind of see how we were kind of in an impoverished state. But I ended up calling a doctor's office to set up some visits to have my viral count for my hep C checked on, you know, because I wanted them to keep an eye on my viral account. And that, that was kind of an indicator of how serious or not serious things were. And this physician told me, he said, you know, the Texas Liver Institute is right there in San Antonio. It's like 30 minutes from where you live. And they're constantly bringing on people to do these, um, gosh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like test subjects for up and coming medications that haven't had FDA approval yet. And they got to do these you know, tests to make sure that the medication works. And if it does, then they can get FDA approval and the medic- medication can go market, open market and whatnot. So I, I ended up calling the Texas Liver Institute and sure enough, they were just getting ready to start a treatment with some up-and-coming medication that they had already run through two rounds of investigation, so to speak, of trials, so to speak. And they're like, all right, we need a 1,000 human bodies with hep c to test this medication to see if it's successful enough or has a successful enough rate to where we can put it to the open market and they brought me in under this study this clinical research study and within seven days my viral count went to zero and at the end of the 10-week program i maintained that zero and got a complete bill of health and recovery from my hepatitis C that I had had for 20 years. Now the point of all this guys is that when I left South Texas the first time to take that job in the ministry in Colorado, I had my agenda. I had high hopes. I had been working towards that. I went to an online school and got a theology degree. I had prepped myself to do this work and took this opportunity to be able to take this very small church to what I thought in my mind was going to be a thriving, soul-saving, you know, ministry station where people that were bound in drugs and alcohol and addictions and having marital problems and, you know, people struggling with depression and different things would be able to come and hear life and hope. And when it didn't work out, I was bruised over that. But that's because I was thinking singularity. Like in my own mind, I was thinking with a singular purpose that I had this agenda and it needed to work out this way. And when it didn't work out that way, I thought everything was against me. That God was against me. The universe was against me. You know, I I was against my own self. Like I didn't have what it took to make this work. You know, I begin to all the self limitation and self doubt and self sabotage and all this stuff where nothing works out the way we want it to. So we just think it's never going to work out. It's never going to be okay. This is never going to matter. This is never going to make a difference. What I, the plans and purposes that I have for myself are not going to come to fruition. And when I got back to Texas and had a physician call me and basically hand me over to the Texas Liver Institute so I could get treatment for my Hep C. And it was a clinical research study. It was no money out of pocket. They paid me to take the study. And seven days after I started the medication, my viral account was at zero. And it wasn't until after that whole ordeal that I realized that there is a power greater than me that loves me more than I could ever understand. and was encouraged that my heart was in the right place to do the work of ministry and to want to, you know, speak into people's lives and help them understand why they're broken. and give them some tools and some strategies to evolve and to grow out of that brokenness and to be a more whole and more healed well person but that power had other plans aside from my own that at the time I couldn't see and those plans were to get this you know serious infection that I've that I've that I had had for about 20 years taken care of so that I can continue to stay in the game, basically. And when all of that was said and done, I was so humbled. As I knelt before that power. And confessed, you know, fessed up to the fact that I know nothing, you know, Of mice and men, so the story goes, you know, where we have our plans and purposes, but there is a power in the universe that transcends our own plans and purposes. And it strategizes where we are, where we go, who we're around, what we do. And sometimes we think everything is going completely wrong and it shouldn't be this way. And in fact, on the backside of that event, you find out that everything went the exact way it was supposed to go. So that you could get a blessing that you never even saw coming and that's the purpose of the message today guys that maybe it's time to start looking up that maybe it's time to start surrendering our lives to that power that is greater than us that cares for us more than we could ever understand more than we could ever know my wife and i got settled into that church and we had big plans for it but there were so many obstacles and sometimes obstacles are there to overcome and sometimes they're there clearly as a wall to tell you you shall not pass because there's a different route in preparation for you. I don't know where you're at. I don't know where you're listening. I don't know what you've gone through. I can only guess. I can only imagine. I know that you want to be a better man. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening. I know you want to make sense of all the trauma and all the junk from your past that that you and I know has developed the way you carry yourself as a man today. I don't want you to be bent out of shape about it. I want you to love yourself and I want you to give yourself grace. I want you to take a deep breath and I want you to relax. And I want you to know that there is someone holding your hand right now that cares more about you than you care about yourself that cares more about you than you could ever, ever understand. I want you to begin to believe that there is a system and a strategy in place for your greater good. Tony Robbins says it best when he said, how would it change your life if you believe that everything that happened to you in life Was for you. Not to you. I think it would serve us well. To begin to realize that every single thing that happens in our life. Is for us, not to us. The man that you want to be. The man that you dream of being. The self-control that you dream of having. The discipline that you dream of having the success, the impact and influence that you dream of having is just around the corner. So many people get almost there, but because their life is fraught with obstacles and challenges, just before they reach that place where they start seeing the success levels in their life that they want, They quit. They quit. And they decide that this is all I'll ever be. This is the way it will always be. And they don't understand that just on the other side of that obstacle is the success and the fulfillment and the love and the happiness and the joy that they're so desperately seeking and the peace. The most important part of the whole piece of this is the is the internal, the mental peace that one feels as they realize they don't have to be perfect. They just have to be on that journey. And they understand that obstacles and challenges and failures and mistakes come. And they're okay with it. At the end of the day, they chalk it up and say, you know what? Yesterday was a great day. Today was not my best day. But tomorrow... We'll see what happens. Tomorrow I'm going to strive for being the better man. And tomorrow will be a better day. And it's about the journey, not the arrival. Listen, only those who dare to fail greatly can ever achieve greatly. And that's a word for some of you today. As you're trying to be this better man, You'll have a season where you're doing good and then bam, epic face plan. Like a Tony Hawk off the rail face plan. And if you're not careful, you'll let that moment define you and convince you that you can't be the man that you want to be because of this failure or this epic blowout in character or integrity or morality. But that's a lie. Only those who dare to fail greatly can ever achieve greatly. You have to be willing to stretch yourself beyond your means and shoot for the stars. To try and attempt things that you almost know you're not qualified or capable of achieving. Just to see how it all falls out. And sometimes you hit it. And sometimes, man, the basketball misses the mark completely. And it's a swoosh, but it's a swoosh where you hit the net from the outside and and, and it it doesn't go in, you know. But in that moment, because you were willing to fail and suffer the ridicule and the exposure and all the people that saw and this, that, and the other, because you were willing to risk that you now know where you stand. You now know what it takes to make that shot the next time. And if you're willing to do the work, you can make it and you can rise up and you can climb up to the next level, the level that you want to get to, whether it's in business or in your marriage, how you're raising your kids, how you're managing your money, how how, how you and your sobriety are working out, whatever the case may be. It's not until we shoot for things that we know, hey, you know what? I'm jumping over this chasm here, and there's a chance I'm not going to make it, and I'm going to end up face-planting. It's then where you know where you stand. It's then you can ascertain what you lack and begin the process of building into your life the strategies that you need to make that jump the second time. And all the people that are standing on the sidelines watching you, that you're worried are going to ridicule and judge and have this, that, and whatnots to say about what a fool he was to ever even dare to dream or attempt to achieve such epic goals and ambitions. Those are the people that never attempt. They sure have fun ridiculing you and I. But they never attempt. But what I want you to remember is. With every attempt that you make. And with every achievement that you make. You are going to put distance between yourself and those people. And at some point you're going to turn around. And you're going to look down the mountain. Because the elevation that you've achieved is so great. You're going to look down the mountain. And you're going to have to squint through your eyes to see those people, and there'll be so much distance. There'll be so much distance between those that strove for the best and those that stayed behind to ridicule the people that are striving to be the better man. Listen, fire is the test of gold. Adversity is the test of strong men. When they're going to refine gold, they put it into the fire, guys. And they burn it and they melt it. And when it's in that heat and it becomes liquefied, all the impurities rise to the top. And that refiner is able to take take the dross right off the top to where there's nothing left but pure gold. Now that's how you purify gold. But adversity is the test of strong men. Because remember, if it was easy, everybody would be there. How many times are you willing to get back up and say, you know what? I'll be sober tomorrow. How many times are you willing to get back up and say, you know what? I'm going to take care of my health and fitness. I'm going to try this again tomorrow. We try and we start and we make these jumps and leaps and then life punches us or we get busy. And if we're not careful, we can just say, you know what? I quit. I'm not even trying again, but. Will you get back up and say, you know what? I fell off for a week or I fell off for three weeks or whatever the case may be. I'm getting up and I'm going again. And pressing through again, pressing past the adversity, pressing past the obstacles. Listen, it is a bloody battle, bro, where you get hit two or three times just to land that throat punch. You know what I mean? That you need to knock that enemy down the battle of becoming the apex man is bloody. It's not just something where you wake up one day and make the decision, I am going to be this way. I am never going to do this, that, that, this, and this. I am only going to do this, that, this, that, and this. And because you made the decision, now the, the heavens and the earth just open up for you to be able to be and do and accomplish these things. It is a bloody, filthy, I mean ufc down on the ground ground and pound bloody battle between your worst man and your better man the worst part of you against the best part of you and there are seasons where you get your ever-loving ass kicked gentlemen adversity is the test of strong men i believe in you strength and growth come only through continuous effort and struggle Please see the struggles and the challenges as we close as strength-building tools to get you to where you want to be, not as obstacles to shut you down, but as strength-building tools to get you where you want to be. Have the wisdom to know when it's time to lay it down and trust and when it's time to press on and succeed.